There's things that that will take and grasp our attention. And if we're not careful, it will consume us. We have to know that it will leave. God is faithful. Take, take and turn with me this morning to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter number 10. Isaiah chapter number 10 this morning. I'm going to read one verse. And that's verse number 27. Isaiah chapter 10, verse number 27. I'm just thankful for our church workers. Amen. Thankful for those that take care of the children in the nursery. Thankful for our musicians, our singers, all the preparation that goes into to doing what they do up here. Thank God for them today. Thankful for, for each one of their, their faithfulness. Any role that you have uh, within the house of the Lord, the work of the Lord, anything that you do, thankful for you being here, worshiping. You say, what's my role in the house of God? We're worshipers. We're all worshipers. We all have a position. We all have a place, and we all have an opportunity to serve God. But I appreciate those that lead us in worship, uh, that not one person that steps up on this platform does it to entertain, uh, but they do it with a desire to lead in worship. So we're thankful for them this morning. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse number 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And don't that sound good? Have you ever just had a, a heavy load upon you? I don't know why when I read this I thought about work boots. You wear steel-toe work boots all day and you get home and you take those things off. Man, praise I got an amen in the house. So it comes to pass that burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Have you ever, or maybe you're there now, you just feel that, that heaviness. Have you ever felt such a heaviness that you reach up there to see if there's really something sitting on your shoulders? Sometimes emotionally, spiritually, we'll get such a burden that we will feel physically weighed down. But there is something that will destroy that yoke. Those final four words of that verse says it. Because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. The anointing is something greater than making you sing real pretty or preach real good. The anointing breaks the yoke. And there's nothing, nothing that can stop God's anointing. I want to preach for a few moments this morning this thought, an unstoppable anointing. Father, we love you today. We thank you today for that anointing that breaks every yoke. O Lamb of God, it pulls down every stronghold that breaks every opposing force of the enemy. And I desire, Father God, your anointing this morning to preach this word to your people today. For we need that unstoppable anointing more so than ever before in this generation. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, for your anointing to preach on the anointing. And I pray, Father God, for your anointing to be upon hearts, 
to realize that we have access by one spirit to an unstoppable anointing. Bless in this house today in accordance to your will, and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated today. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed. How is that even possible? Because of the anointing. Seems like more so than ever before the church, that the body of Christ is under an all-out attack from the powers of darkness. It's been going on since the beginning of the church, and as we enter into uh, getting closer to the last of the last days, the final hours, the final moments, uh, we find that it seems like the enemy is fighting harder than ever before. We see it on every hand. I, I saw a, a Senate commercial uh, last night. Uh, Marco Rubio uh, has his commercial there, and he was talking about the attack uh, that is on our society, uh, drag queens reading books to our children, uh, and people think nothing wrong with that. Same-sex marriage, people think uh, nothing wrong with that. And when you begin to speak out against these things, you're the bigot, uh, you're prejudiced, you're uh, all the, the, the bad things. Uh, and didn't the Word of God tell us that there would come a time that good would be called bad and bad would be called good? Uh, we're living in a time uh, of darkness. Uh, but more so than ever before, uh, we're living in a time of spiritual warfare. A young preacher sent me a message the other day. Uh, he said, this is a strange question uh, and a strange thought. Really, uh, no answer is needed. Uh, but you ever wonder what the devil does uh, on a daily basis? Uh, he says, it must be nothing but, good, uh, nothing but bad things and evil things. Uh, but can you imagine what he does? And what is it that he does uh, on every day? His question did not uh, require an answer, but I gave him an answer. I said, I know exactly what the devil does uh, on a daily basis. He targets the ones uh, who have made up their mind. Uh, I am going to serve God with everything that is within me. Uh, I am going to be what God uh, has called me to be. I'm going to do uh, what God has called me to do. Uh, and so the enemy uh, comes against those, and they become a target of the enemy. Uh, the devil knows uh, that his time is short. Uh, and because his time is short, he's doing everything in his power. Listen, uh, there's a lot of Christians uh, that don't can't really make up their mind whether they believe that it's true or not uh, that the rapture is going to take place. Uh, there's some that want to argue that word's not even in the Bible. But, but can I tell you that the, the devil knows uh, the rapture is about to take uh, place. Uh, the devil knows uh, that there is fixing to be a great calling away. The devil knows that God is about to remove his elect from the face of this earth. And the devil knows that that's not the end of the story, but that's the beginning of his end. Because we may not understand it and we may not know it, but the enemy knows that there will be a one angel that comes with a great chain and binds him up and puts him in that pit. And his days are numbered. He is finished. He's been given free course to be the prince and the power 
of the air, but he knows that his time is short. And so in that time that he has, he's doing everything in his power to destroy God's people and to discourage as many as he can. If you felt like you've been discouraged lately, can I tell you, fret not, my friend. That's the enemy coming in. If he cannot get you to sin, he will get you discouraged. If he can get your attention off what God wants you to do, the enemy has a lot of weapons in his arsenal, and he seems to be using every one of them. He's using everything that he can to destroy God's elect. Can I ask you a question this morning? Did you know that the devil wants to sift you as wheat? You ever thought about that process of sifting as wheat and what sifting wheat looks like? I'm not a farmer by any means, but I've heard the process and a good friend of mine, I was at a revival that he preached many years ago. Uh, he was our state youth director at the time, and he, he preached on this and, and talked about that process and that just that shaking and that sifting process. Uh, have you felt that shaking uh, and that sifting uh, and that torment uh, of your mind? You know what that is? That's the sifting uh, that the devil is doing to you. Uh, it, it's a shaking, uh, and he is trying to do everything he can uh, to to put your life in chaos. Uh, at Luke 28, 31, or 22 and 31, uh, the Lord said, uh, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you uh, that he may sift you like wheat. Uh, can I tell you, he's talking to Simon Peter there, uh, but he's also talking to us. Uh, he's saying, Jamie, uh, Jamie, the devil desires to have you. Uh, the devil desires to have you. Uh, Gilda, Gilda, the devil desires to have you. Uh, Lexi, Lexi, the devil desires to have you. He desires to have each and every one of us. The devil does not want to see us sitting here on these pews. He does not want to see us standing there with hands raised and our tears streaming down our face, thinking about the evidence of his goodness upon our lives. He wants us strung out. He wants us broken down. He wants to take and wipe us out. He desires to have you. Oh, I need to tell somebody today that uh, the enemy is fighting against you uh, because he wants you. Uh, he wants to use you as a pawn uh, in his warfare. Amen. He wants to use the pulling away of this generation. See, the devil's not concerned of, I've said it many times, who he uses or how he uses them. When he pulls your teenage child out into this world, or your young, early 20s child out into the depths of this world, uh, uh, can I just put you on notice that they may not necessarily be his target. They can, he will use the weaker. He will use whatever he can get a hold of. He'll, he'll use us to get angry at our kids. How can you choose that path of sin? How, how could you walk away? Uh, so the devil is strategic in his plan. Uh, he's destroying a young life, uh, but he's also putting question marks uh, in the minds of those uh, who have served God faithfully because we begin uh, to get in our prayer calls and pray stuff like this. Uh, Lord, I've been faithful to you. Uh, I've been faithful to the house of God. Uh, I've served you. Uh, how can my baby be pulled away? Uh, I've ministered to others' children. Uh, 
How can my children be pulled away? I minister to the needs of others. How can we be going through this? All of us at some point or another, some will tell you you ain't supposed to. Maybe you're not, but we've all done it. Why me, Lord? Why me? Because the enemy desires to stop you. The devil desires. John 10 and 10. He's the thief. And he cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Devil is a real devil. The devil is a real force. He is at work every day trying his very best to steal, kill, destroy, discourage, wipe out, pull away. He is a real force. But I didn't come today to preach to you the devil. So I need to insert here a conjunction. But, but, say it with me. I want to tell you something. We can overcome the attack of the enemy. Can I tell you this morning? We can have an unstoppable anointing. That yoke that he's talking about, that Isaiah is talking about there, for us, he is talking about a yoke. And, and as I said Wednesday, when he's talking to farmers, he's talking about farming. That's the same thing that Isaiah knew his audience. Uh, he was talking about that yoke. Uh, that yoke, don't get caught up on uh, uh, what that means and, uh, and the, uh, the depths of that meaning. It's simply this, the problem. We may have said as we read, heard the reading of the Word this morning, I don't have any yokes. We're all out of eggs at the house. What are they, about $4 a dozen now? I don't know. We're all out of eggs. We think of eggs, we think of yolks. I just like the egg whites. So I don't have any yolks, we may think. But that yoke of oxen, we say, well, I don't have any oxen. But when we really put it in the terms of what it is for us, the problem Oh, you don't have to raise your hand, but I will. Anybody got any problems? Amen. Saw a picture the other day and said, this is not what the preacher meant when he said, bring your problem to the altar. And it was a woman carrying her husband. Do you have any problems? We've got problems. We've got circumstances beyond our control, but that yoke, that problem can be destroyed. How? Because of the anointing. By the anointing. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not, shall not prevail against it. But there's times that we feel like the enemy's prevailing, don't we? But remember, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You can have an unstoppable anointing. But there's moments that we feel like, I not only don't have an unstoppable anointing, I don't feel any anointing, I don't feel anything. The anointing, the anointing, is what we need. So when somebody tells you, you really need this, you got to have this. What do we typically do? We research it, right? When somebody said, man, you got to have this. Best thing that ever happened to me is when I got a hold of this, whatever it is. We've all, we've all encountered that at some point in our life. A friend uh, tried something, and uh, it worked for them, and said, man, you've got, to, you've got to do this. You've got to try this, and it's going to change your life. That should be our testimony to others about our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And that's what I'm telling you about the anointing. There is an anointing that you can have that will destroy every yoke. There is an anointing uh, that can be present in your life uh, that you may realize that fear, as the song said this morning, uh, fear may come. But you don't worry much about fear because you know that fear's got to go. It can't stay around. Bad things happen to good people. But when we have an unstoppable anointing, we realize uh, that the lingering fact is not going to destroy us. When we have an un see the thing about an anointing, uh, an unstoppable anointing, it has a, a way uh, of helping us to see things in a very different light. Uh, that's why Isaiah said this can happen uh, because of the anointing. Uh, I'm like I said earlier, if that's what the anointing does, I want that. I don't fully understand it, you may say, but I want that. I, I may not fully comprehend it, uh, but I want that. This bottle of oil uh, that we have right here, can I tell you, uh, we call this anointing oil, uh, but it cannot fully hold. It cannot fully hold the anointing of God. Just a representation. Uh, it's a, a powerful representation uh, that we take from the Word of God uh, in the book of James, and it tells to anoint with oil. Uh, so we do that. We follow after that. Uh, but we know you can go to Winn-Dixie, and you can, uh, I, I haven't realized, figured out why we do it, but typically when we bring it to church, we go ahead and take all those labels off of it. We just take all the labels off. Now, I've, I've my whole life it's been olive oil. Now, I've been to some churches evangelizing, and I've asked for the oil, and they had to dig around in the pulpit for about five minutes to get it. And it was stale, and it was stank, and it was stagnant. But it still worked. Why? Because it wasn't about the oil. I've gone to some, to some churches uh, to preach revival uh, and begin to anoint people, uh, and some of the smell, like, what is that? It wasn't olive oil. It was scented oil. And all the different smells and the different fragrances. Uh, so it doesn't matter if it's uh, been under the pulpit for 10 years. Uh, it doesn't matter if it stinks with some fragrance uh, because it's not about the oil. Uh, it's about the anointing. It's about the anointing. Uh, so we, no, we need the oil uh, and we need the anointing. But what? So what is the anointing? Uh, you say, I've got to have it. What is it? The anointing in the Old Testament, uh, it was the oil that was used. It was a symbolization. Uh, and what did it symbolize? Uh, when we take this oil uh, and we come down here uh, and you call for the elders of the church and they pray uh, and we follow uh, the, the guidelines of the Word of God and when we take this uh, and we put this oil on someone's forehead uh, and we pray for then what does that symbolize? Well, first of all, it symbolizes God's power. That's why, that's why Isaiah said that the yoke can be broke because of the anointing. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. Now, how many times have you tried to lift that problem off your shoulders? How many this morning says, uh, I've looked at people with problems uh, and my heart is broken for them. Uh, and I've said, if I could fix it, I would. Uh, if I could lift it, I would. Uh, if I could change it, I would. Uh, but the realization is, uh, I cannot do anything about it. Uh, I have no power uh, within myself. Uh, I can't take a heart that's broken uh, and make it over again, the songwriter says. Uh, but I know a man uh, who can. Uh, and the anointing represents a power that can lift a burden that I can't lift. The anointing represents a power that can break a yoke that I can't break. You got any problem 
problems. It's too big for you this morning. It's not bigger than God's power. That anointing, that oil in the Old Testament symbolized his, his favor. Oh, there's nothing like being in his favor or his will. Knowing that the favor of God is on our lives. Meaning, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Meaning that you're walking in God's approval. Meaning that you're walking in the will of God. Break it down a little more for you. You're walking where God wants you to walk. You're talking how God wants you to talk. You're thinking how God wants you to think. You're in His favor. And the only way that we can be in His favor is if we have been born again. Someone who has not been born again cannot walk in His favor. So we need the anointing. And then that oil symbolized His presence. Have you ever felt like you've been in His absence he said there's something have you, have you ever come to the altar and just where are you God maybe a body racked in pain I don't know what you've brought to an altar we've all all been there we could share our testimonies of deep stories and I know I've been there I've come to the altar and just felt vacant no doubt I'm saved or I wouldn't be here I thought I'm still, we kind of find ourselves going through the motions. We know where to go, so we go there. We know where we need to be, but problems weigh heavy upon us. And we stand in that altar. That preacher opens up that anointing oil, and he takes that oil, and he just places it on our forehead, and we go from God's absence to God's presence. Then his presence. You know what happens in his presence? Healings take place. You know what happens in His presence? Victory begins to come. Breakthrough begins to come. Reconciliation begins to happen in His presence. It's an unstoppable anointing that we need. And that unstoppable anointing gives, brings God's power, brings God's favor. Oh, but it brings His presence. I don't know about you, but I want to bask in the presence of the Lord. And I need that anointing in my life to do so. And His approval, as we said, is the same there as it's favor and in a kind of uh, in his favor and his approval uh, knowing that he's approving of our situations and our needs uh, what he has what we say here and what we realize here uh, he ever made some questionable decisions and he was uh, afraid to ask uh, maybe you have to go back to childhood days you made some decisions and and then you had to see if somebody of authority in your life, approved of it? Have you done some things in your life that you knew that God did not approve of? I, I'm talking, we're, of course, we're rolling back the curtains for that, right? To look back into the past. But there's times in this spiritual walk, there's times in this Christian walk and this born-again walk, if we're honest, we'd say, I don't think God approves of that decision. But when we get the anointing, when we get that unstoppable anointing of God flowing in our lives because of the anointing, because of the anointing that we began to walk in His approval. In that Old Testament, if God gave a person an office or a duty, you know what they would do? They would anoint them. They would anoint them. As we see that Samuel came down to Jesse's house to anoint David to be king, he had the horn of oil. He had that horn of oil and he anointed him to be king. 
Saul was anointed with that same oil. He anointed him with that oil because God would begin to put them in a position of authority. And they would begin to use them. And not only were kings anointed, the prophets were anointed. Samuel was anointed himself. Elijah. Elisha. Throughout. Jeremiah. And Isaiah that we shared our text from. Each of these, when they took that office, they would take that oil and they would pour it on uh, their heads. It wasn't just a little dab of do. It wasn't what we do, uh, put on the finger and rub on the head. Uh, they would tip that baby over their head. They would pour that oil uh, over their head. Uh, Brother Terry Davis was here with us a couple weeks ago with Sowers of the Harvest Ministry. Uh, and he, when he was my pastor, uh, I, I remember being in an altar uh, and there was this girl in our church uh, and she had naturally curly hair red hair uh, and it was just beautiful hair uh, and I don't know what was going on in her life uh, but I watched Brother Davis take and open that oil I thought man that's going to be tough to get out all about she just it was just streaming down her face and the flash carnally I stood back there and I looked at that and said why in the world would he do something like that I didn't know what was going on in her life. It wasn't none, none of my business. But for, for a moment, I looked and said, that's kind of strange that he would do something like that. But next thing I know, I was standing in front of him and said, pour the rest on me. Pour the rest on me. Why? Because I desired that anointing. I desire that unstoppable anointing of God. That anointing that's poured over our heads. Uh, just like in the Old Testament, uh, the anointing is not in the oil, uh, but it's in the power of God. Uh, it is the power of God. The, the anointing comes through uh, the Holy Ghost. We pray for God to anoint our preaching. We pray for God to anoint our teaching. Uh, why? Because we know without the anointing we are powerless. We know that it's not the anointing makes the difference. We know that the anointing is the difference. Uh, I don't want to preach without the anointing. I don't want to teach without the anointing. Uh, but can I give a news alert this morning? I don't want to live uh, without the anointing. Uh, the anointing is not just for kings and prophets and preachers and teachers. Uh, the anointing for every child of God, for whosoever will. Uh, the anointing is for everyone that the devil has made a target. Uh, so if the devil has made you a target, uh, God has given you a, a counteract to that. Uh, pray that God will anoint you uh, to overcome every onslaught of the enemy. Uh, Jesus, uh, Isaiah shared this and Jesus, it was the first words that he shared in the temple in Luke 4, 18 and 19. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord uh, is upon me. Uh, and what is that Spirit of the Lord? That's what the anointing, that's what the oil, uh, that's what it represents. Uh, the power of God, the favor of God, uh, all the, the uh, approval of God uh, and, and the presence of God. Uh, so when we say that the anointing is upon me, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Uh, he hath sent me uh, to heal the brokenhearted, uh, to preach deliverance uh, to the captives uh, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, uh, to preach the acceptable year of the anointing. Uh, that's why we need the anointing. Uh, the anointing uh, helps us to realize, uh, yes, it'll bring my yokes. Uh, yes, it'll help me uh, and break the yoke or the power of the problem from my life, uh, but also we have to realize something about being a child of God. Everything's not about us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to help others. We've talked about how the anointing will help you with your problems, and maybe you're sitting here this morning, I have no problems. 
But can I tell you, the anointing will help others with their problems through you. Through you. God wants to use you this morning. He wants to use you for His glory. I, I told Gracie this morning, I said, baby, I pray for you every day to be salt and light, but you can't be salt and light unless you want to be or desire to be salt and light. Well, a pastor can pray, a parent can pray, anybody can pray for you to be something, but you have to get a made-up mind. I, I said this, I believe I said this last week, if you don't have any passion, don't think that a preacher can give it to you. If you don't have a desire, don't think that a preacher can give it to you. There has to be something that rises up within us to realize I am a child of God. Do you know who you are? See, the devil wants to tell us and define us and let our circumstances and our problems and the latest struggle or the latest season define us. We're not defined by our most recent mistake. We're not defined by our most recent failure. If we define David by his failure, we would not call him the greatest king that ever lived in Israel's history, would we? If we was to define David by his adultery, if by his murdering, and by all of the things that he went wrong, no, we define David as a man after God's own heart. The devil wants to take and emphasize and put up the big picture of everything that's wrong and all the failures and all the shortcomings. Why? Because he wants to stop you. He wants to stop you dead in your tracks. Because of what happened, he wants to stop you. But God says, I want to anoint you. I want to turn things around. That's why we need the anointing. Not just to help with our problems, but there's a world out there that needs us to be full of the Spirit of God. To be anointed. Zechariah 4 and 6, we've got to realize this. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's through the anointing of the Holy Ghost that the yoke is destroyed in our lives. It's an unstoppable anointing. If you feel like you're stoppable, if you feel like you're hitting a brick wall, you need the anointing because the anointing cannot be stopped. The anointing cannot be stopped. Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And what did we say the anointing was? God's power, God's favor, God's presence, God's approval. That power that he's talking about is dunamis power, dynamite power, power to destroy the yoke, the problems in our lives, uh, powers to witness, power to cast out devils, power to heal the sick. Uh, the anointing is the most powerful weapon that we need. Why? Because it's not our anointing. It's His anointing. It's a representation. So when we say an unstoppable anointing, what we're saying is an unstoppable spirit. Unstoppable God. God is bigger than any problem that you face. And the anointing is what Zechariah tells us there. It's not by power nor by might but by my spirit. So when we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the presence, the power, the favor, the authority, the approval. We need the presence of the Lord in our life. We need that unstoppable anointing for every problem, every situation, every circumstance. 
Because realization is this. When you're caught up in your own problems, he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you to be witness of me. But when you're so bogged down by yokes, you're not doing much witnessing. You're not casting out devils. You're not going anywhere near them. You're trying to avoid them because you feel like they've got the upper hand on you. If you're bound down by sickness, you're not laying hands on anybody else. You're putting on a mask and staying six feet away. You pray on an extension pole for God to heal somebody else. But can you really pray in faith for God to heal somebody else when you're sick? When you've not taken authority over the sickness in your own life? So we have to realize that anointing, yes, it's for us. And it's important that we take care of us. And as we were shared Wednesday night from Paul's writing there in Corinth, we've got to learn how to bring this body into subjection. And we have to learn to take care of this. We, we have to take care of us. I was on an airplane. It's been a while since I flew, but I was on an airplane a couple of weeks ago. And I listened to the spiel that you get. And they got to the part that says, if the cabin loses pressure, the oxygen will drop. Now, for us, the mindset is, at least for me, the mindset is if that oxygen drops and the child sitting beside me or the old lady sitting beside me or whoever sitting beside me, I'm going to help them get theirs on first. But that's not the instruction. The instruction is if the cabin loses pressure and that oxygen comes down, secure yours first. Then help your neighbor, young child, whoever. Why is that? Because if you lose oxygen, how are you going to help anybody else? So there is an unstoppable anointing that helps with our problems, and, and that's where we got to start. we got to get things, uh, uh, get the anointing applied to our lives, uh, and we've got to get the power of God working in and through our lives. Uh, does that mean all of our problems are going to be figured out? Uh, but no, we know that we cannot impart what we do not possess, uh, so I need the anointing. Uh, in order for somebody to say, I want that anointing, uh, I want somebody to say, I want the anointings upon their life, but there, there's no anointing on our life. If we're so busy all the time trying to pour it out on other people's life, come here, you need the anointing. Come here, you need the anointing. Come here, you need the anointing. Now, all of us need the anointing. We need His Spirit. We need His power. We need His presence flowing in our lives. Uh, we need the power of the Holy Ghost uh, moving and working and flowing. Uh, we cannot impart what we do not possess. We need an unstoppable anointing to help with the yokes that are upon us. The anointing will break the yoke. The yoke will be broken. The problem will be solved because of the anointing. Whether it's your problem or their problem, there's problems, there's situations, there's circumstances. But I can see the evidence of His goodness all over my life. I've pastored many of you long enough that I can see the evidence of His goodness all over your lives. He's been good to us. He's been faithful to us. In closing, stand with me this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. How many of you ever wish that the Lord would just put the devil in a physical form so you could wear him out? <laughs> Mama said, knock you out. But he is not coming in that physical form. And if we did knock him out, he'd be like that goofy blow-up thing that was way down at the bottom. You'd hit him and he pops right back up. Devil just keeps coming back, don't he? You think you have the upper hand? You think you've got him out of your life? You think you got it all figured out? Here he comes again. He knows his days are numbered. He knows his days are numbered. Just like the devil knows his days are numbered, we've got to realize who we are. And it is just about over for us, too, but for the good. We're about to leave it all behind. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We can't seem to take that yoke, throw it off our shoulder. We can't seem to shake the problem, right? Maybe you've had a circumstance, situation. You've tried to shake it. You've tried to break it. But you can't do it. You can't do it. And you've made that statement, I can't do it. And the devil loves for us to get to the, I can't break this, I can't shake this, to say, I can't serve God anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't. Can I tell you something this morning? I agree with you 100% completely. You can't. God can. God will. And until we surrender it completely to Him and allow that unstoppable anointing to break the yoke, you can do everything in your power. You can read every self-help book. You can do all that you've heard to do. This will fix it. That will fix it. Until you turn 100% completely to God. And give it to Him. Surrender it to Him. Say, Lord, Allow and let your anointing break this yoke. I've been under the power and the force of this problem for too long. I'm ready to be under the power and the force of your spirit, yielding completely to you. It's an unstoppable anointing that's mighty through God. You desire that anointing this morning. I'm not saying you don't have problems. This would be more along the lines if you've got a yoke and you've got a problem. Maybe you've got things that's been dragging you down and weighing you down. It might take you a little longer to get to the altar this morning because you've been so weighed down. But get here. Get in this altar this morning and say, Lord, I'm tired of walking under the load of this problem. Maybe your problem is sin. I'm tired of walking under the load of sin. Maybe it's addiction. I'm tired of walking under this load of addiction. Maybe it's fear. Just, just whatever it is. I'm tired of walking under this. I want to walk in the anointing. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk in liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I want to walk in that freedom. Fear may come, but fear will leave. Problems may come, but problems will go. They can't stay around very long when the anointing is there. They're sure to come. 
You may shake this burden, this problem today and get a new one next week, but you begin to build confidence to know the same anointing that destroyed that yoke will destroy this yoke and every yoke that will come and it's soon to be over. There's coming a day that I'm going to lay down every weight, every sin, every burden, every heartache. It's going to be worth it after all. Father, we love you today. We thank you today for an unstoppable anointing. And we desire that unstoppable anointing to be present in our lives. Lord, we want to live in absence of problems, but the reality is, is problems are going to come. Things that we can't shake, things that we can't break, things that we can't pull off. So we turn to you, yield everything and surrender everything to you, and believe you to pull down every stronghold. And to know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through you, O oh God. We may feel defeated, but we're mighty through you, O oh God, because of the anointing. Let your anointing rest upon each believer today as we gather in these altars, putting our trust and our confidence in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bring that problem to the altar and let God break it by his anointing. Let God break every yoke, every burden, every hardship in your life.